like to thank everybody for joining us for today's podcast. Uh, we'll be discussing a paper that's in the August issue of Hepatology entitled The Role of Hepatic Resection in the Treatment of Hepatocellular Cancer. And joining us today is the first author on that, Sasan Royer. So I, I appreciate you joining us today to discuss your paper. I appreciate the invitation. It's uh, nice to connect with the readers. You know, this is an exciting piece of work, and it really uh, gets to an important question as we begin to see more and more liver cancer pop up, not just in the U.S., but around the world, related, you know, largely currently to hepatitis C and hepatitis B, but we see a growing influence of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease contributing as well. And, and so as we look towards screening strategies and we look toward potentially identifying liver cancers at an earlier stage, the role of hepatic resection really kind of comes into play. And, and certainly, knowing that there's a limited supply of organs for liver transplantation and a growing number of liver cancer, this is a very, very important topic. So I'd like to, to welcome you to discuss your paper and just take us through um, kind of a little bit of the background and what uh, got you to do this study. Sure. So as a surgeon, I, I'm reading a lot about the um, different studies that are out there for surgical resection for hepatocellular cancer. And I noticed that it seems like a lot of people are not sticking to the guidelines. So it made me think to look essentially in a systematic way to see how often are people actually following the guidelines for resection. And then what followed naturally after that was, well, what happens when they stray from the guidelines? And can we expand the guidelines safely without compromising outcomes? And then finally, the last point of the paper was, well, in those people who aren't ideal candidates for resection based on the guidelines, can resection still be a reasonable option? And the main point behind that last question is that I think the BCLC guidelines that have been adopted by ASLD and EASL look to see who are the ideal candidates for resection, not necessarily to see who actually benefits from resection over other therapies. So, for instance, TACE and resection or serafinib and resection have not gone head-to-head until very recently. Right. Well, if you go back and you do this in your introduction and you talk about the EASL and WASLD guidelines for resection as a primary treatment, they show child's A liver function, total bilirubin less than or equal to one milligram per deciliter, no evidence of clinically significant portal hypertension, and excellent performance status. So that's the criteria that have, that have been set forward, and it's drawn off of a relatively small amount of patient data. And so you guys looked at this BRIDGE cohort, a multi-regional longitudinal cohort study of newly diagnosed cases of HCC that kind of, I guess, asked the question that you proposed in your original statement. So can you take it from there for us? Sure. Yes, as you pointed out, those are the criteria for resection, and it's based not only on a small number, but on a relatively old study from the 1990s. And so people have gotten better at doing resections, and so we thought maybe we could expand on these criteria. So as it turns out, if you meet those criteria, the vast majority of the time, over 80%, you get resected. What was surprising was that if you look at all the resections, only one-third of them meet those criteria. So most of the resections being done around the world are 
not ideal candidates. Two-thirds of them are, are people who are beyond criteria. And that's true across all the different regions, North America, Europe, and Asia. Wow, that's definitely surprising. So the other interesting point was where do people stray from the guidelines? And most of the time they stick to child's A. But where they stray most is they resect patients with portal hypertension or with performance status that's beyond zero, usually performance status one. So those are the areas where people stray the most from the guidelines. And when you talk about portal hypertension, how are you defining that? So this was a touchy topic with uh, with the reviewer. So we defined it in two ways. One was if you had either platelets below 100,000 or imaging showing bonomegaly or varices, then that was one definition. And then we did another analysis where you were required to have both of those, platelets less than 100,000 and imaging showing evidence of portal hypertension. The results were essentially the same for however you define portal hypertension. Now, one of the interesting things from the study also was that out of the 13 referral centers that were involved in accruing patients for this bridge study, only one of them routinely measures hepatic vein portal gradient. So it seems like that even though the guidelines call for it, Less than 10% of centers are following that and actually measuring that and using it to guide treatment. You know, so if you say that hepatic venous pressure gradients of 6 or greater are consistent with cirrhosis, can you infer anything from your own clinical practice to say, you know, let's, let's say I'm sitting in my tumor board and we have a small tumor, the patient has an excellent performance status, these child's PUA, but for some reason, our interventional radiologist is in the room and, and he says, well, why don't I get an HBPG? And, it, and we do that and it comes back at eight or nine. Can we make any inferences from this paper or others that that might not be the ideal candidate? Or maybe it is okay. So I think that the criteria call for a cutoff of 10 millimeters difference as being clinically significant portal hypertension. But there's now good studies that show that platelet count and imaging correlate very, very well with HVPG. You don't need to directly measure it. Now, if you do have somebody that does have portal hypertension, is it safe to resect them? And our paper shows that you can resect patients with portal hypertension and get good results. The median survival really drops only maybe about eight months if you have a good patient, child's A, low bilirubin, but you have portal hypertension, the median survival drops by about eight months if you have portal hypertension compared to if the patient was perfect and met guidelines. That's illustrated in figure 3A in your paper. That's correct. That's correct. And what it doesn't let us gather from the data is uh, is the extent of the resection. So you have to use some judgment there. I think probably more peripherally located, limited resections are the way to start doing patients with portal hypertension. And there is actually a uh, very good prospective study that just came out by Cuschetti and other Italian authors showing exactly that. It's published online right now in Journal of Hepatology, showing that limited resections in people with uh, portal hypertension, and they measured HVPG in, in their patients, was safe as long as uh, everything else was okay in terms of liver function. So ultimately, from your study, you surmised that perhaps 
expanding these criteria to patients with moderate portal hypertension. I think you're saying there that you, you drop the platelet count to above 50,000 without ascites, that, that you could increase the, the pool of resectable candidates by more than 50%, right? That's correct. And likewise, also, including patients with bilirubin over one, but you can't do both. If you combine patients with low platelets and high bilirubin, the outcomes start to get bad. Okay. So you can cheat a little bit in the platelets. You can cheat a little bit on the bilirubin, but you can't cheat on both. All right. So where, where do we go from here? Well, I, I want to point out one other interesting uh, part of the paper, which was what happens with these non-ideal patients when you resect them, not the ones who have a little bit off in terms of platelets or bilirubin, but patients who are, for instance, performance status one. Technically, that would make them BCLCC, and the recommended treatment would be serafinib. Or patients who are multiple tumors beyond limits for transplant, those are also BCLCB, and they should get chemoembolized. And one of the interesting things was a signal from the multivariate analysis that, okay, transplant and ablation do better than resection in patients who aren't ideal candidates, but resection does better than chemoembolization and, and other therapies that included serafinib in patients who weren't ideal candidates. And so that's just a signal coming from our paper, but you have a, a randomized trial last year from China that shows same findings. That they randomized patients to uh, resection versus chemoembolization, and resection had a significant benefit. And so we're starting to see that even though patients may not be ideal candidates for resection, and the results of resection may be lower than, than ideal candidates, it's still better than the proposed treatment along, you know, the uh, guidelines algorithm. You may still do better with resection than, for instance, with serafinib or chemoembolization. Sure. So kind of in summary, after looking at about 8,500 patients undergoing treatment for liver cancer, you know, your study basically suggests that the current guidelines, the AASLD and the EASL criteria, might be expanded to include patients with either moderate portal hypertension or slightly elevated total bilirubin greater than one, but not both, without occurring any overall increase in mortality. Exactly right. All right. Well, super. I want to thank you for, for joining me today and kind of succinctly summarizing your paper and providing some insight into what made you decide to go after this data and, and moving forward. It's great to have a, a surgeon on the call with us to kind of uh, explain that perspective to those of us hepatologists. So, again, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to your next paper. I really appreciate the invitation. Thank you. All right. Take care.